Welcome to New View Advice, a safe place for you to ask your most vulnerable questions about life, relationships, healing, and so much more. I'm your host, Amanda DeRocher, and I believe our fears and traumas are often what hold us back from living life to the fullest. Join me here each week as I offer advice on how to move through whatever is holding you back from being your best self. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to New View Advice. I am Amanda DeRocher, and I'm your host, and I am so excited to be back here with you with season two. If you're new here, this is a healing-centered advice podcast. My goal is to offer you guidance along the healing journey, and it is my intention to help guide you back to your own heart, guide you back to your own wisdom within you, which is why I am so excited for today's episode. So today we will be talking about intuition, and specifically how to connect to your intuition, Is it easy to follow your intuition? What is intuition? I think that your intuition is the same as your soul or your inner guidance or your inner being or that nice voice in your head or your higher self. There are so many different words we can use to describe intuition, but it's all the same thing. It's the voice inside of you that's guiding you and instructing you on how to be your best self. So today we go deep into talking about intuition. I didn't always have a connection with my intuition. I, for a very long time, would have never talked about intuition, and now I consider myself a very intuitive person. So this was a built practice practice for me. It was following those intuitive steps, that intuitive guidance, one step at a time and learning to trust it and learning that it's not always leading me where my ego mind wants to go. It's leading me to my greatest potential, to my best life, to the healed version of myself, to the happiest version of myself, really. It's leading me to where my heart desires, not where society tells me to go, not where my family tells me to go, not where my partner wants me to go. It's leading me where my heart wants to go. So I think developing an intuitive practice is so important. The intuitive process is really individual. So we all hear, see, smell. However you get your guidance, it's different for everybody. And so because of that, I thought it'd be really great to bring a guest on the podcast today. So I am so excited that today's episode features Erica Warnick. Erica Warnick is Hollywood success coach, but more importantly, she's one of my close, close friends, and I am so grateful to have her in my life. And I am so grateful that she came on the podcast and shared her wisdom with me and with everyone who listens. Erica recently wrote a book, You Are the Magic, which is about this, which is about connecting to your inner guidance, your inner compass, your inner voice. And You Are the Magic is such a magical book. I'm very lucky to have already read it. And I highly recommend if you enjoy this episode to check it out yourself. It is such a guide for anyone looking to follow a big dream, follow their intuition, and who has doubts along the way. It's like a roadmap for how the intuitive process works. So I highly recommend it. And before we jump on in, I just wanted to read you Erica Warnick's bio so you knew a little bit about Erica as well. So Hollywood success coach Erica Warnick helps artists create success in one of the most impossible industries so they can live the life they've always dreamed of. After breaking into Hollywood with no connections and booking her first TV show just two weeks after moving to L.A., Erica has spent over a decade living her dream, designing graphics for television. You can see her work on hit shows like Glee, Superstore, and most recently Top Chef. 
author of Meant for This, The Mindset and Strategy to Achieve Your Most Impossible Dreams, Erica now helps Hollywood artists get to the next level of their career, no matter how unrealistic it seems. From actors to writers to directors and every craft in between, Erica has developed a reputation for helping artists access their inner greatness and achieve the goals that used to feel out of reach. Erica is a member of the Television Academy, and between herself and her clients, they've booked work on over 60 television shows and films on Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Fox, ABC, and CBS, just to name a few. And I can attest to this. I actually was one of Erica's clients back in the day when I lived in Los Angeles and I wanted to be an actress. So it feels like another life from now because it was actually through working with Erica and through connecting with my inner guidance and through connecting with what I really wanted and not what my ego wanted, I actually discovered I wanted to be a writer and not an actor. So I love Erica and I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. I currently have Erica Warnick here with me and I am so excited for you to be joining me today. It's crazy to be here because I listen to your podcast. So now to be on it, it's it's fun. It's it's freaky. It's cool. I'm so excited to have you here. You're my first guest. All my other episodes so far have been solo episodes, so I'm excited to see how this goes with having a guest. I think my personality may come out more because a lot of people comment how calm I sound. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not a calm person. So season two, like real Amanda's coming out because like, what? <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Well, hopefully this goes well and you're not like, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this will be the deciding factor if there are more guests okay, on the new Okay, lots of pressures. This is going to be amazing. So today, Erica and I are going to be talking about intuition and following your inner guidance. This is a topic that I've received multiple questions on, and I think so many people are interested in how to connect back with themselves. I've found connecting to my intuition and inner guidance. I consider those interchangeable or the voice of my heart, following my higher self, following God, following the universe. So many different ways to talk about the same thing, which is inner guidance. But that's been such an important part of my healing journey was connecting back to that inner guidance. So Erica has actually a new book coming out about inner guidance and following your treasure. So I thought Erica would be a great guest for this topic. And I was wondering if you could tell everybody a bit about your book that's coming out soon. Yes. First, I have to say it is so weird for me to be talking about this topic for me to even write a book about this, like I joke with my coach, Meg, who I dedicated this book to, I like 10 years ago, even five, six years ago, I was not the intuition girl. I mean, I was so hardcore strategy, set goals, give deadlines. I was really into tangible so <laughs> it, it feels like almost wrong for me to be doing this. But the reason why I wrote this book is because I, I've worked in Hollywood as a graphic designer for like 14 years now. And that was my big dream. I, I moved to Hollywood and it was scary and I did my big dream. I didn't know anybody and I broke in and I did it. And then I started coaching because I wanted to help other people make their dreams come true. So you know, I, I've done some cool things in my life, you know, 30 plus television shows, just really cool jobs. 
helping so many amazing people. And I was starting to feel like, what's next? Like I, I, as you know, I'm a manifesting generator. And I was like, what's my next career slash moment of a job? Um, I just felt I was ready for something different. And I had no idea what that was. And it was the first time in my life I had no idea what I was working towards. And it was so scary because that was like my identity, you know, setting goals and being the strategy person. And like, it was who I was, you know, for all these years, I knew exactly what I wanted always. And I went for it and I set these goals and I, you know, I did these tangible actions and here I was having no idea what the fuck. Oh, can I say that word? Oh my God. I swear all the time here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea what the fuck I want to do. It's like, I had this this nudge to do something different. I just didn't really know what that was. So what do you do when you don't have like a tangible thing to follow? Well, the only thing you got left to do is to follow your inner voice because it's not even like I could, you know, get advice from somebody else. I can't have someone else tell me what my heart wants to do next in life, you know? So this book this book was so hard, so challenging because I'm writing about this process as I'm living it and living it is so uncomfortable. Mm, like, yes. I'm, I got to be honest, even now, it is so uncomfortable to just follow my intuition. <laughs> like it's, you know, I, I write in the book, like we are so trained to follow logic Right. Like it's got to logically make sense. Whatever next move you're going to make, whatever action you're going to take, you know, who who you have relationships with, like literally everything you do in your life should be logical. You know, and that's what we're taught. And it should have like a, you know, a realisticness to it and logical reasons behind it. And your inner guidance, first of all, doesn't tell you all the answers at once. It only tells you step by step. At least that's been mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. my sort of uh, – that's really a lot what my book is about, you know. So it's not it's not showing you like the entire journey. It's showing you like go take this one next step. Um, and so when you're following your intuition to just like this one next step, there's not really a lot of logic behind it. You know, like I, I, I explain it like when I decided I wanted to work in Hollywood, I, I'm from Philadelphia, moving to Los Angeles to be a graphic designer – that was not a logical dream. You know, like I feel like one of the differences between a dream and a quote unquote goal is that goals are logical. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. goals are sometimes like realistic. I mean, they might be stretch goals, but there's there's still some reality in them. And I feel like a dream, like when I decided I want to move to Hollywood to pursue this dream, my logical brain did not make that decision. Mm-hmm. was my you know my heart was like hey this is what because it's scary it's like there's so many chances of it not working out like logically you have you know I didn't know a single person and this industry is all about who you know like there were so many you know roadblocks in my way that if I were approaching this from a logical standpoint of like this should be my goal and this is what I'll do I wouldn't have done it I wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it do you consider moving to Hollywood your first, like your first, you followed your inner guidance, like that you consciously remember following your inner guidance? I'm just curious because that's my first. No, I think that it's the, 
the most defined, you know, because it's, you know, that was a big quote unquote dream. And I think that with dream, like, I think dreams are a really easy way to connect to your inner being because I think they're created by your inner being. Mm, Yeah. But I do know, like, I can't remember if I tell this story in the book, but I transferred colleges and it was because I, I went to a university and I got into their design program and I hated it. And the teacher was really mean and it was just not productive, you know, and she said things to me to make me feel like I wasn't good. And so choosing to transfer to another school, I feel like that was, you know, my inner being telling me to do that because logically you could be like, well, she says you're not the best. Maybe you shouldn't pursue graphic design. You know, just stick this Mm -hmm. out, see what kind of job you can get. Maybe you can design something for a pharmaceutical company, you know? Yeah. But my intuition was like, Erica, there's something else out there. And and I felt so strongly that graphic design was my dream. And again, graphic design even, even though graphic design is not as, I don't know, I guess there's more reality in it in our society compared to like being a painter or something. But it still felt like a dream to me. Like I was just felt called to it. And I was like, this experience doesn't feel good. I want to transfer school. So I really feel like that was one of the first. I'm sure there were more. I just they just don't stick out as much, but I think that was one of the first where I I followed my intuition and I transferred schools and it and it worked out really great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because I think when we first start doing it, because I agree, I think that we're always following our intuition throughout our lives. But it it's like when does that conscious light bulb go on? And for mm-hmm. me, it was moving to Los Angeles. It was like the first time I feel like I was on autopilot up until like 24. And then it was like that heart calling, like move to LA, move to LA. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, there was no explanation, you know, like my partner who moved with me, thank God, because we're still together. was like, why do you want to move to LA? And I was like, I want to be an actress. And everybody in my life is like, you've never taken an acting class. Like, (laughs) who do you think you are? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I think I'm a manager usher and I'm going to move to LA and be a famous actress. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just all of a sudden got this like, kind of false confidence, but it was like that fake it till you make it. Um, Because when I moved to LA, it was like a reality check. Like, what did I sign up for? But when I was in Boston, I was like, I'm moving to LA to be an actress. And it just, I want to say it happened overnight, but I thought about it last night before this. And what really happened for me was I had those inklings, like the little calls. And then I actually went to the Super Bowl. I know we probably don't have a lot of sports fans who listen to this podcast, but I went to the Super Bowl. I forget the year, but it was the year the Patriots beat the Falcons and they were down 28 to three. And it was like through the third. So basically it was the most epic comeback of all time. And I witnessed it. And in that moment, everybody's celebrating the win of the game. And I'm standing there like, oh my God, I just witnessed that anything is possible. I I bared witness to a miracle. And people might be like, it's a sports game. But in my body, it like vibrated as a miracle because Mm -hmm. it was like, I was led here. It's like, by God's grace, I'm at this game is how it felt. And it was just like, I'm not here for the game. I'm here to witness what can happen when you believe in yourself. And then when you listen to interviews from the team afterwards, it's like hearing the mindset of the Patriots in the locker room of like, it's going to be a hell of a story, guys. And like the fact that they just didn't care when they were down at the half, it just instilled in me this like, okay, 
let's listen to this voice. What if? I finally was able to see the what if, right? What if it did work out rather than like the what if it doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good story. And it, it, it made me think our inner, this is why there's no logic, right? Like I think that our inner being, our intuition, whatever you want to call it, it leads us to what we need to see or what we need to do or who we need to connect with. Even if it's like in a way at the Super Bowl, you know, like like with my TV show, I mean, the way we got connected to this production company is through something crazy of something I saw on Facebook. And and to me, that's a miracle. But, it, mm-hmm. but it, you know, my intuition, whatever, led me to connect to some person and like two years later, it turned into this. So I think, you know, following your inner being, following your intuition, it's exciting. It's fun. It's like these surprises and these miracles. And it's also terrifying. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. And that's why I love within your book, because I was lucky enough to read a sneak peek, that you talk about it like it's a scavenger hunt, right? Yes. It's a treasure hunt. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that, but I love that because I think it it's like that surprise part, right? Like it brings in the fun of following your intuition. Yes. And by the way, my book is better because of you. You didn't just read it. You gave me notes that made it better. And I literally implemented every single one of your notes. I'm excited for you to read the full version now. Um, <laughs> and I'm so grateful for those notes. That's just how I view it. And I and again, it's this, I feel like I didn't see it this way as clearly back then when I had a specific direction. You know, now that I have you know, not, I feel like I don't have a super clear direction. I'm just sort of following like how I want to feel. Mm, yes. And so it does, it feels like a scavenger hunt. Like I really truly, like I said before, you don't get all of your clues on the first day. You know, you don't get all of it at once. You don't get to see, you don't get to read the end of the book when you get the first page. I really think it's, you receive a clue of an action to take or a person to talk to, or any sort of step at all. And then when you get there and do that, you receive your next clue. Mm -hmm. And so it builds on each other, and you don't receive the next clue until you've implemented the first clue. And I also, you know, I believe in free will. You don't have to implement these clues, you know? (laughs) You don't have to follow them at all if you don't want to. From my experience, when you don't, it's incredibly unfulfilling. Yes, and I also want to talk about that because I think it's such a great point that you don't have to follow it. And it does come step by step. And in my experience, when you don't follow it, the whispers stop. That's what happens for me. I have a very, I'm very intuitive at this point. It's a built practice. I think anybody can really hone their intuition. Mine's a very, went from no intuition to feeling very intuitive or feeling like I had no intuition. But when you ignore the whispers, it stops. And it's not because your inner voice went away. It's like when you start asking again, it's just going to tell you to do the same thing. So that's why it stops. It's like, it's like, oh, you, you don't want to listen? Okay, go do what you want. And then you're like, why is my inner inner voice not there? And it's like, if you really sit with it again, it's probably just going to ask you to do the exact same thing you were ignoring. Because that's how your intuition works. Because the world of the soul or your inner voice isn't linear. So we think everything has to be like X, Y, Z. And your intuition is like, nah, it's A, Z, X, T, V, W. <laughs> like, so it's like, I'm giving you your actual next step. Are you listening? Is how I feel. Yes, I, I totally, it's actually really interesting. I believe everything you just said. I've just never heard it explained that way, um, that that the whisper stops. Because I I feel like it, it, never dies down. And I talk about how 
the ego just gets louder and and then it's like you can just hear the ego more but it, it's it's interesting you know i talk about in the book i'm going to just share everything and you're going to read it and be like i already heard all this but i went to this i had my tarot cards read and i was you know struggling with like i think i know the new direction i want to go in it's still kind of vague it's just like a you know this vague cloudy idea but it's totally different than what I'm doing now. And I felt stuck between those two worlds. And this tarot reader who I had never met before didn't tell her anything going into it, like told that back to me. And I was so blown away. And she was like, it's okay to let go of the old world and to move into the new one. And I was like, whoa, like I was so inspired. Holy crap, how does she know this? And so I went home and I did nothing for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I did not follow it for two years. I was so inspired that I did nothing because it was so scary. One of the things that I've struggled with when following this voice that's telling me to take certain steps is that it's hard for my ego or my logical mind to believe that wherever I'm being led is going to be better or more fruitful than what my logical mind can think of. Yes, yes. Right? So that is one of the scariest parts of trusting. Because you can't see the whole path, you don't really know where you're going. You're just following because it feels right. But without knowing, that unknown is so scary. Yes, we are so programmed in this society to know where we're going. I feel like that's why mm -hmm. so many people go to school and then get a job, and then buy a house, and then have a family. It's like, you want to know the steps, but the question is, are you fulfilled along the way? I think many people are fulfilled by those steps. It's not a judgment here, but it's just, for me, what I found was when my intuition was telling me to get off that track, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what do you mean? One example that's coming to mind right now is I really wanted to get married. I was obsessed with getting married. I'm not married. I'm never going to get married. But do you know how much trusting my intuition that required of me to not marry my partner of 11 years and to give up wow. every single belief I had around what marriage would give me and to give up the expectations I had for my future and the expectations of what my partnership would look like. It was just an experience of following the next steps. And the next steps were like never what I wanted. Like that's how it felt. I was going to say, what would you say to someone? And I, I know the answer, but what would you say to someone who says, are you saying your intuition's leading you to something you don't want? You said you wanted marriage. Why do you have to follow this thing that's something you don't want? Yeah. So that's been one of the biggest lessons for me is that what I think I want is often what my mm -hmm. ego wants. Right. It's like, where does the desire come yeah, from? Yeah. So it's learning that the to distinguish between your ego and your soul or your higher self, or your intuition. I use all these words interchangeably. But yeah, that's been one of the hardest things for me. Like another example for me is I'm currently writing a memoir. I would tell you when I got this info, it was through a dream. I had a week where every night I was told, you're going to write this book. I had a hissy fit. I was like, I don't want to do this. Do <laughs> other people like the guidance they get? Because you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this. And then I didn't do anything with it for like a month. And then this month I was like, I kept getting the, write the memoir, write the memoir. And so one morning I sat down 
And now it just flows in a way that writing has never flowed for me. It's like chapters of my life just pour out onto the page. Do I know what's going to happen with this memoir? No. Is it just for me? Maybe. Probably not, to be honest. But that's like another example of not always liking what our intuition has to tell us. And I think also when we think about why we don't like where it's leading us, it's the unknown. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like as humans, I think we just hate the unknown, which is really fascinating because I look at my career and I think I actually do enjoy it. It's like I'm terrified of it, but I think I prefer it as opposed to having my life be very predictable every day. And I also think that kind of like what we were talking about before we started recording, I think oftentimes our inner being, well, all the times, I think all the time our inner being is leading us to grow and to be uncomfortable and to heal the things we need to heal. And I think that's also one of the reasons why we don't want to do it and we don't like it because it's it's not going to lead us to something that's easy in the sense of it doesn't challenge us in any way or it doesn't help us grow in any way. Yeah, totally. I feel like my soul is always asking me to expand. It's always asking me to be bigger and to be more of myself. And in a world that is just starting to talk about vulnerability, that's terrifying because that's not where we're taught. So basically, in order for me to be my most expansive self, I have to change every belief I was given in my childhood of staying the same, staying in line through through whatever, through school, through family life, through friendships. And it's so uncomfortable. But I also saw in my own life that that's part of the reason I drank, because it, it was either I'm going to grow or I need to numb the boredom. For me, I see now that drinking, it was like I wasn't living up to my potential and I just couldn't sit with how uncomfortable it was not to live up to my potential. So I would numb it. But it's also uncomfortable to grow. So you just have to choose your uncomfortable, I guess. Yes. And like, you know how you were saying that the whisper goes away, but if you listen to it again, it's going to tell you the same thing. I was going to say, choose your uncomfortable. I think oftentimes we first choose the easier uncomfortable. Yes. And at least that's my experience, right? And it's like how you were saying that the whisper goes away, but if you ask it again, it'll say the same thing. I think it's the same thing. It's like it goes away. You can choose the other thing. You know, you can choose to be uncomfortable in a different way that's not where your intuition's leading you. You can choose that. But oftentimes when you go down that path, if you're self-aware and and, and connected enough, you know, to your inner being, it's not going to feel right. You know, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel fulfilled. And you'll be pulled back to that other uncomfortable thing. Tony Robbins often says, you know, we don't move or take action or choose something different until the pain becomes too great. Mm, I love that. You know, and it's like this one uncomfortable choice, I've had enough of it, you know, I guess I'll go choose the other one. Yeah. And that's reminding me of like, that's why so many times we play out patterns in our lives. Like you find yourself always having the same type of relationship or always in the same type of job or these patterns we play in our, out in our life is oftentimes it's also information for us. So if we're not following our inner voice, we oftentimes play out these patterns until we ask that inner guidance, okay, I'm listening. What's going on here? 
Right. And as you know, our man, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, it's part of it is because it's a memorized chemical reaction in your body. Yes. There's actual science behind it. This is not the right podcast if you want the science language, <laughs> but it is out there that what- Yeah, we're, we're two artists. <laughs> yeah, like what we intuitively science. know, I love to sometimes read books about how there's science behind it because this is just something I intuitively know. And it's also something my mother talked about my entire childhood. You're playing out patterns. You're playing out patterns. So, Yeah, you know, that, that made me think um, of the self-help field. You know, now I, I, I love self-help. My books are self-help. Oh my gosh, it's so cool to be in that world. And I think before there was a stigma to it. You know, it's like, oh, you don't want to be caught in the self-help section of a bookstore. And now I'm just like, where's the self-help section? Take me to it. That's my happy place. And it's just interesting because I think like, you know, why people don't like it. Because self-help, it's really just about like people who are interested in being better tomorrow than they were yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really it. And it's like if you are so used to playing out those patterns that you were talking about, you're going to, you know, look down upon self-help and be like, oh, that garbage, that new agey shit, I don't need it. Yeah, that's something I definitely saw with my sobriety was it was like people who were in the old drinking pattern I was in did not always like that I got sober. Because when you start doing self-help or even following your inner voice, it's like so many people don't that you end up triggering people Honestly, I believe falling your soul is contagious. Yes. Right? It's actually why we're all on planet Earth is to follow the voice of our soul, is to follow that inner guidance to live up to our greatest potential. And it's another lie that we think it's ever supposed to be easy. Our soul wants difficult. Our soul wants to see us overcome challenges. Like that's exciting for the soul. The human ego, fucking terrifying. And when you start doing that, it can trigger people around you who are just not there yet or may never be there. And that's the other thing that when you start following your inner voice, I feel like it can get easy to like judge other people who don't. Yes. We can get like a little snobby and elitist about it. Oh, we're self-help guys. For sure. When you start doing self-help, it's like, I know why I'm like this and I can see why you're like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so important to bring the self-compassion back, which only happens when you start being kind to yourself and see that, you know, everybody's just really doing the best they can in every given situation. And the more we heal, the more we can see in others, like, that's okay. They haven't healed that yet. But it doesn't also mean what I've been currently working through is it doesn't mean you have to hold yourself back because I've been working through beliefs of what if I become unrelatable? Yeah, and I actually, you know, ever since Rachel Hollis put out that video and and stirred up that controversy, what I actually believe about that, because I was thinking about someone like Jamie Kern Lima, who is the founder of It Cosmetics, her journey is not relatable at all. She created um, this makeup line in her house with her husband on their own, and now it's worth billion. Like she sold it for a billion dollars or something. Like that is you cannot relate to selling a company for a billion dollars. However. What is relatable are the nights she cried herself to sleep, mm. are the struggles she had, 
are the times where she wanted to trust her intuition when it was telling her to do something that was the opposite of what a consultant was telling her to do. And she really battled with that and how to trust her intuition. So I think that maybe the results, the end thing that you reach is not relatable to everybody, but I think the path and the journey and the struggles is relatable. And that is inspiring because maybe... I don't want to have a billion dollar company, but whatever my big dreams are, whatever my version of that is, if she can do that and have the same type of struggles that I have right now, it makes me feel like, oh, that's possible. Sort of like with you and the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. And when you were saying that, it reminded me of how at the beginning you said you never would have pictured yourself writing this book. I actually think that makes you the best person to write this book. Somebody who's been connected into their intuition since birth can feel unrelatable to some people, but also be relatable to some people, right? So some people will need that book. But your book is going to be for people who aren't so sure of that inner guidance, right? And you can relate to that. Even if by the time this book is out, you're like, I'm, I trust my inner guidance in a new way. Mm-hmm. Your journey is what is relatable. Yes. I mean, even my book before this meant for this, I'm over some of that stuff. And I shouldn't say over it. Like it served me so well. That's how I got here. That's how I've, you know, how so many of my clients have gotten to where they want to be. And it's helping so many other artists and and dreamers achieve their dreams, which is so incredible, you know, but but now I'm taking it deeper as I as I move through my own growth, you know? It's like yes. I went through that and I did all of that. Okay, cool. I don't really want to talk about some of that stuff anymore. I'm going deeper. And if you want to come along with me and go deeper with me, here it is. But but I think you're right, you know. Like I often say, "Oh, I feel like my book is sort of in the lines of universe has your back." But coming from a very different voice. Because I am Mm -hmm. not somebody who's been meditating since I was a child, you know? Like, I am not somebody who has been spiritual for all those years. Like, I'm just coming into all of this and I'm, like, living it now in the process of learning how to trust it in a way that I'm running my life like that. Yeah, I love that because that's honestly how I feel about this podcast, too allowing it to evolve. So, you know, I had a lot of insecurity about starting it. Like, who am I to start this podcast? And my perspective grows all the time. So it's talking about these big issues. My perspective does change. Do I think the tools I offer are always going to be helpful? Yes. And I trust it's that intuitive trust that when people find the episodes, they're just right for them. It's perfect for them at that point. It was perfect for me. Every episode heals me in a new way, which has been a beautiful experience. But also to what you were saying, with my healing journey, I was so passionate about starting this podcast because, I mean, I was like dead asleep. Who I am today, how aware I am, all the healing I've done. I mean, I started from ground zero, you know, and I just want everybody else to know that change is possible. Healing is possible. I was suicidal till I'm 100% committed to being here. I have reached new levels of joy in the past year that I feel like all there is is to help others feel that same joy too. But my life didn't always look like this. And I guess that's what's relatable. Yeah, it is. I, I Like I said, I think the journey is relatable. I think what's not relatable is when someone says, I, I achieved this massive success 
overnight and it was easy and I didn't struggle and I just did it and it was great. Yes. People want the vulnerability. Yes. Because that's what's relatable. So it's so funny to live in a culture that programs us out of vulnerability where vulnerability is what connects us. Mm -hmm. It's what lets us know what's possible. It's what inspires us. It's so important. I wish more people were vulnerable. I think it's I'm seeing it more and more, and I think we talked about this before the episode, like the confirmation bias. You know, you don't see something and then you start seeing it everywhere. But I still think we have a vulnerability problem where we don't support that from a young age. We shut down children's emotions. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, you know, with my depression, you know, I struggled really badly, you know, up until a couple months ago. And it was dark and it was deep and it was scary. And I didn't want to tell anyone besides my mom, you know, besides my family who loves me unconditionally, how I really felt or what was really going on. It was too vulnerable. Like, and Mm -hmm. also because I was so depressed and in such a dark place that I wouldn't be able to mentally handle if they didn't want my vulnerability. Yes. Like it like if it wasn't safe and you don't know. And you know like I really only had one friend that checked on me consistently and you know she texted me every day, "Are you okay? How are you doing today?" And I would say, "Fine." I lied. I always lied. <laughs> but I I did appreciate, you know, that she was asking, but to be that vulnerable and to say, "I'm not doing well today. I'm not doing well. and the darkness of it. I mean, it's yeah. I I was too scared to be that vulnerable with anyone besides someone I knew unconditionally loved me. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is to just bring it back to relatable. I think that's relatable. Like I think that that's so important for us to hear other people say that because I think that we have as a society made depression or anxiety or these really tough feelings seem like weakness. So when you're in those really dark places, it can be really hard to share that. But it's also, like you said, I think so important is that you couldn't handle if somebody couldn't hear it. Yeah. Because I have been there, which is another reason I started this podcast, is I'm so passionate about us all healing because we need to be able to hold space for people who are healing. Because the amount of times I tried to talk about what I was going through and somebody's inability to hold space for me sent me backwards sent me Mm -hmm. further into my depression, further Mm -hmm. into my isolation, further into that feeling of hopelessness. And I can see now all those people who did that to me weren't able to hold space for me because they didn't hold space for themselves. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And I send them all so much love. I've worked through forgiveness on those parts. But in those moments, I needed somebody who could. And it's so important for us to create spaces like this, not to toot my own horn, but I'm just so passionate about creating safety because I think that we don't feel safe to heal. We don't feel safe to feel really hard feelings. And safety is like the first step to healing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I can talk about it now because I'm on medication and I feel so much better. And I'm in the, I have the mental capacity to talk about it if somebody doesn't isn't here for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it is hard when you're in a vulnerable moment, such as 
anxiety, depression, or anything else like that, or even physical illness, you know, where you're just not mentally in a safe, you know, place where you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. And to bring it back to intuition, I think sometimes our intuition is just telling us to feel a feeling. So if you Mm -hmm. can't hear your intuition, but you're feeling angry and you keep shoving it down, or you're feeling sad and you keep shoving it down, you're saying like, where's that inner voice? That is your inner voice. Your inner voice is asking you to feel a feeling. That's like our intuition speaks through our bodies oftentimes. So everybody hears differently. I have visions. I can hear. But I found throughout my healing journey that oftentimes my intuition is just telling me to move through a past event, even though I'm like, but like, what about this screenplay? Like, is somebody going to buy it? What should I do? What should I write? Which character name should I use? (laughs) Intuition, tell me. And my intuition instead is like, see that face that keeps popping in your head? Why don't you sit with it? Why don't you sit with that person? Oh, you're thinking Mm -hmm. to yourself, what an asshole? Is that a loving thought? Let's sit with it. Why do you think they're an asshole? What happened? Does that remind you of something from your childhood? And it's like, oh, you're going to make me do this? And your intuition's like, yeah, because this is what in the quantum field or in the nonlinear world is what will get you to your unrealistic, I'm putting that in quotes, unrealistic goals. Yeah. I mean, it it reminds me of when I said to you when the medicine started working and I was like, crap, now I have to work through my shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because like I couldn't, when I was super depressed, I couldn't work through it. It, I felt like there was, I can't even, I don't, I wish I could explain it better, but I couldn't, the layers, there was too much Mm -hmm. on top of me and I couldn't clear it. I couldn't deal with my shit. And the moment I started feeling better, I had this little nagging voice. It's like, cool. I'm so glad you're doing better. Now let's deal with your shit. You know, and now now let's like now let's face all of these things that are coming up for you now. And I do think, you know, I think I told you in my book I have these tenets. <laughs> that's the right word. Of of your inner being, of, you know, if you're unsure if a clue is from your ego or your inner being. And, you know, to run it by these tenets. And I was thinking, you know, your inner being is all about love and self-love. And so when you hear Amanda say, well, sit with that, your intuition's like, sit with that feeling. See you though, that's an, you know, and it doesn't feel like, oh, well, Erica, that's not love. And it's like, no, it it is. Mm, yes. And, you know, because I think your ego can go, oh, well, that's not a loving thought or a loving direction, you know, but it's like, no, it moving through this is going to help you love yourself more. And what's on the other side is going to get you even closer to what you want. You know, cause I always say that in the book, I say, if you're receiving scavenger hunt clues, you are not the same person on clue number one as clue number 50. Mm, yes. Yes. And you could never get to clue number 50 if you were who you are at clue number one. Yeah, I fully believe that. You don't understand that fully until you like move through it, I feel like, and you just start trusting that guidance. That's one of those looking back and seeing it. But I've seen that so many times in my life where it's like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Mm -hmm. And now I am. Kind of like your TikTok thing, you know, Um, when you felt called to do TikTok and, and and, and it wasn't even about like this is the marketing tactic that you are being led to, right? It wasn't about that at all. Yeah. 
If you're new here, yeah, I had a TikTok go viral in August, and I've talked about it in a few podcast episodes, but I thought that that would be like such a fun thing for me. It was absolutely traumatic. It was awful. I hated every second of it. And what that taught me was a lot of things. I mean, my inner voice was like, yeah, this is why this we like encouraged you. I, I consider myself having a lot of voices in my head, so I often use we. But like, this is why we encouraged you to get on TikTok. Not so you could be big and famous, so that you would look at more things that wouldn't come up mm-hmm. if you didn't have this experience. Mm. So for me, it triggered bullying wound with all the mean comments I received. And I mean, I received thousands of kind comments, maybe 1% mean. All I could focus on was the mean because I had something to heal there. And you know, now my intuition's like, oh yeah, you don't need TikTok. We're going to YouTube. And I'm like, you want me to just let go of TikTok? And they're like, yeah, yeah, do it if you want. Like, We're going to YouTube. And I'm like, but I have so many followers there. And my intuition's like, yeah, you know, it's like not your place. Go to YouTube. And I don't have a YouTube video up right now. So letting you all know, I'm still, that's my next step personally, that I've just been like, eh, maybe tomorrow. But yeah, it's not always what we think. And we're going to discuss that in one of the questions too. So maybe we'll jump into questions. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nuvia Advice. This is just part one of two, so I invite you to jump on over to wherever you listen to podcasts and start part two of this episode where we answer two questions. One is about intuition versus insecurity, and the other is what do you do when you feel like you are led somewhere by your intuition, but you end up feeling heartbroken? Thanks again for joining me, Amanda DeRocher, for another episode of New View Advice. As always, I am so grateful to be here with you and to offer a new view on whatever you may be going through. Sending you all my love.